Welcome to The Heath Barnes Show, bringing you interviews and insights to grow your business from some of today's leading voices in the mortgage industry. The Heath Barnes Show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Heath Barnes. Welcome to another episode of Mortgages Reimagined. I'm your host, Keith Barnes, and I am more than excited to introduce our guest, to Kevin Neville. He's an international speaker, author, trainer, executive coach, works with small, medium, uh, even large Fortune 500 companies. You know, his focus is social selling, relationship marketing, LinkedIn, and Twitter. He'll, spot, he'll uh, sprinkle in a little transformational insight or humor, humor when needed. He's a co-author of a book called uh, The Social Media Sales Revolution. Uh, also co-authored uh, Learn Marketing with Social Media in Seven Days. I first connected with them several years ago using his expertise in LinkedIn. But, you know, what he is known for most is he's an unbelievable salesperson. So welcome, Kevin. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Heath. It's great to talk with you, man. Yeah, man. I I know we've missed each other a couple of times, but it's a new year and new revolution. And yeah, yeah. so yeah. So you're focused like, you know, when I called you and I said, hey, you know, I'd like to do a podcast on LinkedIn. And and it kind of what showed up in that conversation is like how people show up in life, like when they're in sales, uh, like things that they miss. And you're like, you know, well, you know, let's, you know, instead of talking about LinkedIn, that's really easy. Let's talk about the thing that most people miss, which is like relationship selling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's you know, a lot of my time is spent traveling around the world, speaking at conferences, working with clients, showing them how to increase their sales using things like LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And we could talk about LinkedIn for hours. You know, yeah. most people are on LinkedIn. Most people don't really know how to use it effectively, not because they're stupid, but yeah. because they don't realize that it's not about LinkedIn. You know, studying the electronics in my phone is not going to make me a better conversationalist. Studying the transmission in my car is not going to make me a better driver. So there's an irony here. Is it important to know some of the basic functionalities of LinkedIn? Sure. But it's, infinitely more important to understand that it's not about LinkedIn itself. It's about the conversation that takes place through LinkedIn, which leads to know, like, trust. All things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. Everybody intellectually agrees that's true, but very few people really understand how to create sincere and authentic know, like, trust in the business world. So, I teach people how to use LinkedIn, but more importantly, how to convey sincere and authentic no like trust, which leads to sales and referrals and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So having said that, you just made the point that, you know, we could talk about LinkedIn for an hour, no problem. It would go yeah. like that. But maybe it might be a little more interesting for some people to talk about how we show up in the world mm. and what and what really causes success. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I told you earlier, I'm I'm doing some work here in uh, San Diego that's talking about, you know, how do you show up in the world? And one of their distinctions is in life, you know, we attract or we are a source of everything. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. And no like trust distinction. And and, and I would agree with what you said that um, 
So I'm going to say a couple things, Heath. And if I get to woo, you just real. Not possible. So the podcast <laughs> is uh, Mortgages Reimagined. So I would love people to look, see things. And I encourage you if you're listening or if you're watching, like I'm not asking you to believe something different. I'm asking you to try something new on and see if it fits. And uh, so, yeah, no, take it away, Kevin. Uh, you know, Yeah, so please take it away. Sometimes things that I point toward may initially sound woo-woo, but they're not really that woo-woo. Yeah. So, so you made a point, and I'm going to kind of expand on that a little bit, that we are really the cause of everything mm. that happens in our life. Okay. Um, let me say that a little differently. Almost everybody walking this planet mm -hmm. believes, and that's the key word. We'll come back to that in a few moments. Yeah. Because it would be really interesting for most people to examine what does the word believe mean? Most people examine the content of their beliefs. Right. I believe this, I believe that, but they really don't explore what the hell is a belief itself, right? Yeah. But we'll come to that in a moment. Okay. Most, almost everybody that you talk to all day long believes that they live in an outside-in world. And what I mean by that is they believe that their experience, their feelings, Mm -hmm. Their experience of life is caused by situations, circumstances, relationships, and other things that are external to them. Mm -hmm. But it's not. We live in an inside-out world, and I can easily prove it. <laughs> but, most, but because most of us have not been taught this, we actually suffer. We go through life, and we feel to some degree that we're almost a victim. We're, we're almost like riding this emotional roller coaster through life, and we're buffeted by interest rates, and we're buffeted by who's in the White right. House, and we're buffeted by COVID, and we're buffeted yeah. by... But in reality, none of that is true, because it is literally impossible for an external situation or circumstance to create an internal sensation. Mm. So, let, so let me pause there and say, yeah. Heath, what'd you hear in that? Yeah, I, I, what I heard in that is the way you show up, meaning who you decide to show up as, whether you're going to be judging of the people around you, whether you're going to be uh, joyful, whether you're going to be courageous. The way you see the world is really how you're going to show up, right? So if you see the world as, okay, this is, you know, I got beat by this other loan officer because they had higher rates. Well, why do they have higher rates? Like, how did you cause that? Why did you know? How did you not show up in a way that provided more value? Does that sound like I'm on the uh, right track? Please give me feedback because uh, that's <laughs> another area I'm working on in my life is getting more feedback and listening to it. So, so let me throw let me throw a different angle on it. If you got beaten by another mortgage officer, mm -hmm. meaning they got the deal and you didn't get the deal, right? And you're feeling discouraged, or mm -hmm. you're feeling pissed, or you're feeling upset. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that feeling is coming from, Heath? Yeah, feeling that you're not a good loan officer, that there's something wrong with you. Or it could be that you're looking at your external situation and deciding, okay, I got beat because I don't have the best rates. Mm -hmm. Or I got beat because... Wait, oh. But let me clarify. I'm not asking why you got beat. Okay. I'm, ask I'm asking the feeling of being frustrated or disappointed or angry where I'm asking you a really simple, literal question. Yeah. 
Where is that feeling coming from, in your opinion? Early childhood. Really? We want to go, well, meaning like if a person, you know, if you feel like, I mean, most of us, you know, my understanding come from a world of not feeling enough or not feeling loved. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you know, that frustration probably starts early in life and you don't even think about it. Like you don't even think about how that frustration bleeds over into everything you do. Right. That, you know, I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, that's just my. Yeah. And that's fine. It's absolutely fine. If yeah. you were to take if you were to take a survey on the street of everybody that walked by you and you said, where do your feelings come from? Mm-hmm. I would predict you wouldn't have one person give you the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not trying to sound like an enlightened Buddha here. Right. So so let me explain to you how it looks to me. For sure. And I, and I wish I had been taught this as a child, because probably 0.0001% of the people on this earth know this or even taught this. Okay. Every thought that you have and every thought that you've ever had and every thought that you're ever going to have carries a feeling with it. Mm. Now let's let that sink in for a second. What I'm really saying is that feelings are echoes of thoughts. Okay. Very few people know this. Okay, but it's true and it's easily provable. So when you said early childhood, Mm -hmm. that was a thought. That was nothing but a thought that popped into your head. So it it would be good for your viewers and listeners to maybe consider the fact that thoughts are not facts. Right. They're thoughts. Okay. As simple as that sounds, it is profound in its implications. Yes. And like most deep truths, it's paradoxical. It's right there in front of our face, but we don't see it 99% of the time. Yeah. So, so we are, we humans, we are thinking beings. We think, yeah. but very few people ever really investigate what is thought. Mm. They study the content of their thought, mm-hmm. right? Most of self-development, personal development, is, in my opinion, built on a lie. And, I was, a self, and I was a self-development junkie for decades. Yeah. Okay? But if you look at the term personal development or self-development, the person or the self that most people think they are is just a, a hundred different versions of ego. Mm. So it's really not self-development. It's ego development. Right. <laughs> it's really right. not personal development. It's ego. To, oh, Kevin, I'm going to work on being more positive. Instead of focusing on being more. positive, why don't we focus on what thought is, not whether it's co- positive or negative. Let's talk about thought itself. Yeah. Thought is nothing more than just ideas that come into your head. So he. Would you consider yourself to be your thought? I would not, but that's only because I was told, you know, not, you know, I mean, you know, the distinction for you're not your thoughts came to me maybe five, six years ago. Like we have no control of them. They just pop into your head. Right. But, you know, I, my interpretation for many years was that, you know, my thoughts are me. You're right. You're right. Most people think. Yeah. There's the word. 
Most people think that they actually are their thoughts. Mm. And if we think that we are our thoughts, we're going to suffer. But But it's very easy to see, wait a minute, thoughts come, thoughts go, but I don't come or go. So therefore, I can't be my thoughts. So Mm -hmm. a very good insight for people to have is to first understand that they are not their thoughts. Okay. That's a big insight. Your world will shift a little bit when you understand that. You'll still get tricked from time to time into thinking that you're thoughts, but you'll snap out of it quicker. Okay. So if you're not your thoughts, then you, you have to realize that you are the observer of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not trying to get woo-woo and get into a yeah. whole conversation about God and the universe right. and all this other stuff. But because most people think either consciously or subconsciously that they are their thoughts, they're riding a 24-7 emotional roller coaster. Right. I'm not talking about detachment. I'm not talking about denying feelings. But when a person doesn't understand where their feelings come from, they will automatically suffer. Yes. Because they will be in a victim mode without even realizing they are. Okay. Right. So lots of people come to me as a coach with certain problems in their life, right? I, yeah. I, I need to handle this. I want to accomplish that. I want to set some goals around this. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the way that they're trying to solve those problems is they're actually focusing on the wrong area, right? Yeah. They're, they're getting so focused on strategies and techniques, and there's a time, time and place for strategies and techniques, but they have a lack of understanding of a foundational principle, which is you're not your thoughts. Mm. Um, you're, that, you're the observer of your thoughts. So let's tie this back to the original thing, how people show up in the world, Yeah. right? How people show up in sales or in business or... And by the way, it has nothing to do with mortgages, right? Right. Industries are just industries. Right. Gravity doesn't care what you do for a living. Gravity doesn't care if you're black or white or fat or skinny or male or female or whatever the hell you are. Gravity only works one way. What I'm pointing to in this conversation with you today is that people often innocently think, well, I'm in the mortgage business and this is kind of how it is in the mortgage business. Or I'm a financial advisor, and this is how it is as a financial advisor. Or I'm a veterinarian, and this is how it... No, no. Gravity works the same for financial advisors and mortgage people and veterinarians. What people need to understand is they they need to deepen their understanding a little bit about who they are, because when a person really starts to deepen their understanding of who they are, they naturally show up in the world in a more relaxed, non-judgmental um welcoming way, not as a manipulation technique, right? but just because they're comfortable with who they are and because they're comfortable with who they are, other people become more comfortable with themselves too. Yeah. You know, what I love about what you just said is the word non-judgmental way, right? So if you're not judging your thoughts or you're not judging yourself, you're probably not judging other people. And if you can not judge an event and just like, it's just a neutral event and you can look at it and say, okay, what can I learn? Like life is not so victim, if you would, like if you can. So there's a distinction. Some people that I am connected with believe that we're a hundred percent responsible for everything that happens to us. So yeah. Would you agree with me, Heath, that belief is nothing more than a thought? A hundred percent. 
it would be interesting to say Great to point. that person. It would be interesting to say to that person, not in a condemning way or a gotcha right. kind of way, but go, you know, isn't judgment by definition a thought? Yes. It is. Right. Now, I'm not discounting thoughts. I'm just pointing out my entire life changed. And I know how dramatic that sounds, but I'm not exaggerating. My entire life changed when I learned to question my thoughts. Mm. Most people don't question their thoughts. I'm thinking it, so it must be right. And you might want to question that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. We think, so, so a metaphor, which is commonly used in this topic, is that you are the sky. You are not the clouds that pass through the sky. Mm. So the sky doesn't judge clouds. Right. The sky just is being the sky. Yeah. Birds fly through the sky. The sky doesn't. The, the clouds don't scar the sky. Airplanes flying through the sky don't scar the sky. Right. What, what most people don't understand is that they are actually the sky. Mm. Even though when we have thoughts that hurt and that we feel anxious, in the moment that's hurting, we usually forget that we're the sky. Mm. And the reason we suffer is because we've forgotten when, if a person can develop the habit, and they certainly can, I help a lot of my clients with this, a person can deepen their understanding that no matter what they think and no matter what situation in their life occurs, good or bad, they're innately well. There's nothing that can affect you. You, you have innate well-being yeah. 24-7 except for when you believe thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And, and if I'm hearing you correctly, so you're the sky and your thoughts are the clouds. Is that the idea? Is that the metaphor we're trying to get around? And does, does it look that way to you? That's a thought. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. And by the way, one thing that would be really good for you and your listeners and your viewers to yeah. know about me is I never, ever ask trick questions. Yeah. The reason I'm pointing that out is because, you know, most of the people I work with are very intelligent people. They're smart. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes my questions are so simple that they think, well, Kevin must be trying to trick me because the answer seems right. so obvious. And what I remind them of is, no, I'm trying to show you how you're overthinking. Yeah. You're over my, I only ask simple questions, but by the way, let me ask you another question. Heath. Can you think of any situation in your life? In any area of your life, financial, relationships, health, any area of your life, can you think of any area of your life, any problem you've ever had that you solved by adding complexity to it? Mm. And nothing that comes to mind, but yeah. I often try. Right, because, try you, because we live in a world where we're either consciously or subconsciously taught that the answers to our problems lie in complexity. Mm -hmm. But that, but I ask people all day long, can you think of any situation in any area of your life that you've ever solved by adding complexity to it? And I've never had a human being answer that with yes. Yeah. But they've never thought of it that way before. Well, there's a, some wisdom in there. Wouldn't that mean 
that any situation we have in our life that appears to be a problem, the answer is probably going to be simpler than we may initially realize it is. Mm. Yeah. There, might be, there might be a little wisdom in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is if you think if the solution to your problem is not simple, it's probably not the right solution. I would push all my chips in on that. Yeah. I, I like would. it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and not because it's a belief, but purely because I have no evidence. See, I'm a very simple evidence-based guy. Yeah. If you tell me something, I want to see if there's evidence to support it. Not because I think you're a liar, but because I'm very simple. If somebody said to me, Kevin, the answer to this problem lies in complexity, I'd say, show me. But I, what I find is it's not so much about adding more stuff on. It's about removing things to get to the truth. So it seems to me, Heath, that our natural state, and I know this sounds woo-woo, but it's not woo-woo. It seems to me that our natural state is just peaceful, loving, calm, kindness. It seems that way to me, okay? Mm -hmm. If you look at children, you look at babies, they seem pretty peaceful. I mean, other than they need a diaper change yeah. or something like that, right? Right. So I think that, I think most humans, natural, actually all humans, natural state is peaceful, loving kindness. Well, if that's true, let's make an assumption that's true. Then what would cause someone to not live in a consistent state of peaceful, loving kindness? And I'll give you the answer. They're believing their thoughts without questioning them. Right. Now, I'm saying that very quickly, but we could talk yeah. for hours and hours on this topic because this goes back to the question I asked you. Where do right. you think your feelings come from? When you're pissed in traffic yeah, and you're thinking, this traffic is pissing me off. No, the traffic isn't pissing you off. It's literally impossible for an external situation to convert somehow magically into a feeling in your body. I'm not denying that you're going to be late for your appointment. Mm -hmm. I'm not denying that you would prefer not to be sitting in traffic, but it's profoundly helpful to understand that your feeling of anxiety is not based on the traffic. It's based on your thinking about the traffic. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about spinning things in a positive way. Right. I'm talking about every thought carries a feeling. Right. When you are mad, it's because you're thinking mad thoughts. When you are happy, it's not because you're watching the sunset with your wife. Yeah. I'm not denying that the sunset with your wife isn't pleasurable. But if you think watching a sunset with your wife causes a good feeling in you, how come the person that's sitting right next to you, whose wife just died five minutes ago, is sitting there watching the sun? How come they're not having a pleasurable feeling? Yeah. So it ain't the sun. Well, yeah, it's the thought about the wife dying and the thought that what their life would look like. But speaking of wives, you know, what's interesting about this whole conversation is just a few days ago, I'm with my wife and uh, we are driving down the road. This is on uh, Sunday and, and she was correcting my directions. Right. And so what's important about that is. The following day, I'm on the I'm on a conversation uh, with my coach, and it's about our relationship. And he said to me, 
And that, you know, you have these moments where you're like, God, this is so interesting how things are working. But he said, has your, because hey, we were talking about being, feeling appreciated. And he said, have you ever been driving down the road and your wife gave you directions and you heard it as criticism instead of her commitment to you getting where you're wanting to go? And I'm like, yeah, yesterday. But it was in that that aligns with what you're saying. What I believed, right, was a thought that she was criticizing me. And what I could have believed is the thought that, well, she was just committed to making sure uh, we got where we were going. And the way I heard it created a thought. And maybe I can just change that thought next time. So, And not so much change the thought, but just observe that it's just a friggin' thought. Okay. Yeah. So you used a word there a couple of times that I want to unpack for a minute or two. For sure. You used the word belief. Yes. Again, remember, I don't ask trick questions. So the next question I'm about to ask you is not a trick question. And thanks for letting me know. <laughs> well, I often do that because we forget. We forget. Yeah. Because I have a belief if I get it wrong, that has something to do with me. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have a ball with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how would you define what a belief is, Heath. What is a belief? A belief is something that I uh, keep telling myself is true. You know, I, you know, I, just because I've done some work around beliefs, what shows up for me when I think about beliefs, and I've started to question my beliefs, a lot of different beliefs. But, and I think I learned this from you was a belief is something you just keep telling yourself over and over again, and then you never go back and question it. Are you cool with me challenging that? Please. Okay. Do you believe that you love your wife? Yes. No, you don't. Do you love your wife? Oh, great. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm not trying to be clever with words here. This is yeah, thank you. I'm pointing out the difference between a knowing and a belief. Mm. You don't believe that you love your wife. You right. know that you love your wife. Right. Do you, do you believe in? Do I believe in gravity? No, but I know it's, yeah. That's yeah. You don't believe in gravity. You know no. that gravity yeah. exists. Again, just for your listeners, right? I'm, I'm not trying to be cutesy with words here. Yeah. But most people never really explore this. So let me give you my definition for belief. Because you said a belief is something that you tell yourself over and over and over. But I don't think that's accurate. Because you know you love your wife. You don't believe you love your wife. Okay? Yeah. The way it looks to me is a belief is nothing more than a thought we consider to be true, even though there's no evidence that it's true. Now, let that sink in. I'm going to write that down. A belief is a thought that we consider to be true, even though there's no evidence that it's true. Okay. Now, this could be very challenging to people. But I'm not trying to, you know, offend people. Yeah. If I meet if I meet a Christian, they believe that Jesus died for their sins. There's the word. They believe they don't have factual evidence of that. Right. And I'm not putting down Christianity. Yeah. If I meet a Muslim, they might believe that Allah, you know, and I'm not I'm no expert on on Islam, right. but it will really have an impact on a person's life when they start to realize. There are so many things that I believe that I am functioning in the world based on beliefs 
that literally have no evidence to support mm-hmm. them whatsoever. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to challenge people and say, oh, you're wrong right. about your beliefs. I'm just right. saying, let's not really worry about the content of the beliefs. Right. Let's just first identify, is what I'm thinking a fact or is it a belief? Just knowing what, which one of those two it is will have a profound impact on your life. For sure. Because if you're operating from beliefs, and let me assure you, 99% of the people you see every day are, you're living in la-la land. <laughs> yeah. You just don't know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What comes up for me is thinking about all the people, like especially in social media, that want to like defend their point about a belief they have when they haven't taken a minute to examine that belief. Right. It's because we're not trained. We're not trained as kids. We're not trained to question our beliefs. We're just trained to believe them. Right. Right. Here it is. You know, you know, I meet Christians Christians and I go, why are you a Christian? And they go, you know, because I I believe in the Bible. And I go, yeah. well, who taught, who taught you to believe in the Bible? All my parents. Yeah. And okay, well, who taught them? Again, this is not, I'm not trying to make this about religion. Yeah. I'm just pointing out that we were indoctrinated with beliefs from the moment we were born. And we've been 99% of them we've never questioned. Right. Right. Interest, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, if what I'm hearing you say is maybe I should start questioning some of the beliefs that I have in my life, right? Or be open to can other I, can people's give, can beliefs. I, can I give you a tip on that? I would love it. Remember, I don't ask trick questions, okay? Yes. If you were to step on a nail and it was to go into your foot, you would experience pain. Why would you experience pain, Heath? I would experience pain because there is a nail in my foot. Right. But why does that, how does that convert into pain? Uh, nerve endings. Uh, see, that's mechanical that talks to your brain. It says I'm in pain. Perfect answer. The reason that you would experience pain is because you have a central nervous system in your body that when the nail hit that nerve, it conveyed to your brain and it said, Hey man, there's something up with your foot. You ought to check this out. Okay. Yeah. So on one hand, do we desire pain? No. Yeah. But in a way the pain is a blessing because if you didn't realize you stepped on the nail, it could get infected and you could die. Right. Mm -hmm. So listen very closely to what I'm about to say, people, (laughs) your body, your physical body has a physical nervous system built into it. Okay. Heath, take your left arm, hold it up, take your right hand, grip your left wrist. And in a couple seconds, in a couple seconds, I'm going to ask you to turn. I don't want you to hurt yourself. So the moment, not yet, not yet. When I tell you to go, I want you to slowly turn it until you start to feel pain. And then I want you to let go. I don't want you to hurt yourself, but I do. The moment you start to feel a little bit of pain, I want you to let go. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Now let me ask you a couple simple questions. Why did that hurt? It's the same answer you gave me with the nail. Yeah. Because the nervous system tells my brain, Hey, that hurts. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Perfect. Now let's walk through this for a minute. 
the reason it hurt is because you were doing something to the wrist in a manner that it wasn't designed to be done, right? Mm. So because you were twisting the wrist, it was being used in a way that it was not designed to be twisted. Mm -hmm. And that naturally conveyed to your brain something to do with your physical nervous system, okay? I mean, we all know this. Right. But what, but what I'm about to say is going to be a completely new revelation to most people, okay? It would have been really helpful if somebody had taught us from the time we were kids that we also have a psychological nervous system. Mm. Now follow me on this. I'm with you. When you experience, going back to what I said two minutes ago, assuming that your natural state is peaceful, loving, calm, be connected. Yeah. If that's true, and I think it's not that difficult to prove that actually is true, although there would be many people that would tr try to really argue that. But if your natural state is peaceful, loving, kindness, then the indicator that something is wrong would be any moment that you weren't experiencing peaceful, loving, kindness. It would be the psychological equivalent of the nail in the foot. Mm -hmm. So where I'm going with this, and again, I'm doing this so fast on this podcast, we could spend right. hours on this, is that any moment in your life, hear this clearly, folks, any moment in your life, I don't care, I don't care what the situation is, I don't care what the circumstance is. I don't care that you just lost the mortgage deal. I don't care that your wife just gave you the look. You know the look. I yeah. don't care. You know, I don't care any moment in your life that you are not experiencing consistent, peaceful, loving calmness. It's never, ever because of anything that's happened. It's because you have innocently been tricked into believing a thought without questioning it. Mm. At first, this is a very hard thing for most people to understand at first. They think mm -hmm. Kevin's off his rocker. He's talking new age, sit around a crystal. Right. No, this is easily provable. But most of us have never even contemplated what I'm saying. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when you were driving down the road and your wife was correcting your driving, right? And that instantaneous pissed off feeling, it wasn't because she was correcting your drive. It was because of the way you were thinking about her correcting your drive. Right. It sounds like, at first it sounds like, Kevin, it sounds like double talk. Oh, no. Yeah. This is profound. Yeah. Because what happens when you start to understand this is you start to not take your thinking so damn serious. Mm -hmm. It starts to become almost like a comedy show. Yeah. And you start observing it instead of believing that you are it. Mm. You start to go, you start to laugh a lot more because you're like, holy crap, these are some crazy clouds flowing through my head, right? Yeah. Flowing through my sky. Yeah. 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 And for years, you know, we, even today, myself, I should say, we, I, I struggle with how do I control my thoughts like you know i'm of the understanding if i can stay neutral of myself and other people and events 
rather than judging what's going on, you know, it would be easier to uh, live my life, right? Let me, that- let, me, let me make a quick point on that. Thank you. You, you use the word control. Yes. And, and those of us that are in sales and those of us that are in business tend to be type A kind of people. Yeah. We like to have control. I would encourage you to let go of the thought of control and just think more, not about controlling things, but in terms of understanding things. Mm. The sky doesn't attempt to control the movement of the clouds. Yeah. The sky doesn't con- try to control the bird's flight. The sky observes the movement of the clouds and the bird's flight, but it's not trying to control it. So we live in a society with personal development and self-improvement where we're taught things like you should try to control your thinking. No offense, pardon my language, that's bullshit. Yeah. You can't control your thinking. You can only control whether you believe it or not. Mm. <laughs> What's interesting is that if we kind of let go of the control thing a little bit and go, all right, let me not try to control this so much. Let me just try to observe and understand what's going on. The more we observe and understand what's going on, the less crappy thinking we're going to have. It's a natural byproduct of understanding, not a byproduct of control. You can't control your thinking. It, it, just like the sky can't control the clouds. Mm. You can only suffer because you believe it. Right. Or you, or you can observe it and go, well, that was kind of a crazy thought. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm awake enough to realize that was a crazy thought and not think that I have to follow it. Right. 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 So, so we live in a society, especially in America, where it's very much about control dominate the marketplace, crush your competition. Those are all just militaristic, violent thoughts. Mm. But if we go back to the original thing we started with 45 minutes ago, yeah, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. There's nothing in that sentence about control. Right. It's not all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people that they know, like, and trust as long as they can control them. <laughs> So the irony here is that most people in business are focusing on the wrong things. They should be focusing on how can I deepen my understanding of how to be more sincerely knowable, likable, and trustable. I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm not saying give away the store. I'm not saying if somebody treats you poorly that you should should just sit there and take their crap. What I'm saying is, When you start to understand that most adults are just kids with long, hairy legs, you naturally develop some compassion for them. Not because you think you're better than them or you're some enlightened Buddha. Right. Keith, do you have kids? I do not have a dog. My my wife has one. Okay. Me. if (laughs) (laughs) If you ever have kids. I will guarantee you at some point that child will have a bad dream some night. Mm. And in the middle of the night, that child will come into your bedroom crying because they believe that there's a monster under the bed or a dragon was going to get them. And at that moment, I would predict you would not say to the child, hey, stupid, 
It was just a dream. Go back to bed. You wouldn't do that. Right. You also wouldn't sit the child down and have a deep conversation about the non-reality of dreams. What you would probably do is you would just say, oh, come here, sleep with mom and I tonight. Everything's going to be okay. Come with us. You understand something the child doesn't understand. Mm. You understand it was just a dream. Right. So because you understand that, it automatically activates your compassion, not because you're smarter than the child or better. You just understand something they don't understand. So the reason I'm saying all this is probably in closing as we're getting toward the end here. Yeah, for sure. Is that the more you understand how the mind, thought, and consciousness works, which ironically is actually very simple to understand, the more you naturally develop compassion for almost everybody else in your professional and your personal life. Because what you start to notice is they're all sleepwalking. Mm. They're all, they're believing beliefs. Right. They're having thoughts and they think that these thoughts are real. They think they're facts, not thoughts. And it's almost like you're awake. I'm not talking about being woke. But it's right. almost like you're awake and you're watching everybody else sleepwalking through life. And you naturally develop a little bit more compassion for them because they're innocently believing their thoughts. They're innocently living by beliefs that have no evidence in reality. Yeah. And again, it's not that you're so smart or so enlightened. It's just you understand something that they don't. Yeah. I love that. And so any advice you would give to our listeners on how they could observe their thoughts or observe their beliefs or well, is there things, are there things that you do in your life that help you then better understand your thoughts? You could not have teed me up more beautifully. For a fantastic finish. Here's, here's all you want to do. And I alluded to this before with the nail in the foot. Right. As you go through your day, observe your feelings, not in a weird psycho kind of, I got to check my feelings out every second kind of way. But as you go through your day, when you feel anxious, upset, anything other than peaceful, loving calmness, ask yourself one question. Where do I think this feeling is coming from? Mm. And when you're new to this type of transformational work, mm-hmm. as most people are, yeah, you will naturally say, well, the, the pissed off feeling is coming from his tone of voice and the way he's talking to me. Yeah. But question that. Is that really true? Is it possible that a person's tone of voice somehow magically converts into a feeling in another person's body? If you're honest with yourself, you'll come to the realization that, no, that's not accurate. That's impossible. Yeah. You know, the traffic is pissing me off. Is that true? How come the person that's sitting in the car next to you is playing air drums with a big smile on his face? Yeah. If traffic pissed people off, then everybody sitting in traffic would be pissed off. But the guy Mm. sitting next to you that's jamming out to a Rush song, he's not pissed off. So I want people to hear, this is a lot like gravity. This is a principle, okay? Principles are principles because they don't change. That's what makes it a principle. 
what most people are operating under a belief that they're all different from each other. And we are different in our unique ways. But the way that the mind works is not different for anybody. It works one way for every... The reason Hitler did what Hitler did is because Hitler thought thoughts and he took them to be real. Mm. I have compassion for Hitler. I don't condone what he did. I don't approve of it. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's nothing in your life that you've ever done that you didn't believe at the moment was the right thing to do. Nothing. Wow. So, when you, so when you turn on the news tonight and you see the person that walked into a school and shot a bunch of kids, yeah, I'm not saying condone that behavior, but understand that person thought a thought, they didn't question it, and they acted on it. Hmm. That's, wow. a big, that's a big thing to wrap your head around, but it's really very simple. Learning yeah. how to question your thoughts is the most helpful habit you could ever develop in your life. Yeah, I had a thought that we would get on. We would be talking about how to improve your sales today. I was thinking that was going to be the title, but luckily... And that is what we did, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Well, I would love to have you on again in the uh, future, Kevin. I appreciate the work that you do. And if our listeners would like to be get in contact with you, what's the best way? To- I'm no longer in the witness relocation program. If they type nice. my name into Google, Knebel is five letters. It really looks like it needs another vowel, K-N-E-B-L. They can follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. They can go to my website. My website needs to be updated. There's a lot of old information, but whatever. But they can easily find me. Send me a LinkedIn invitation. Connect with me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Shoot me an email, kevin at kevinkenebel.com. I'm, I'm certainly easily findable. Yeah, and I'll put it in the show notes. Kevin, I appreciate you being on today. Good luck with your your new endeavor there in Colorado Springs or coming back home to take care of your parents. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, Heath, man. I really appreciate being on your show. God bless, brother. We'll talk again. Take care. And there you have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the notes at heathbarns.com. And you can find out more about all the ways we can help you at heathbarns.com. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk next time.